glory. Seated with Christ in miserable places, I mean heavenly places. Oh, what's going on? Do I serve the real living God or the dead God? The happy God or the sad God? The slavery God of the flesh? Or the freedom God of the spirit? Which tree in the garden am I in right now? Hallelujah. It's time for a paradigm shift. It's time to get edumacated in the knowledge of the glory. Amen. Time to get real book learned. <laughs> Learn teaching kids how to read good in the glory. It's time to unlearn everything we've learned in the brain and relearn everything in the spirit because it's about freedom. Your spiritual genius and intelligence is not based on the flesh of a fallen Greek education system of Satan and his angels that you can boast in how much you know but have a dead spirit inside and die and go to hell because you never grew in your spirit. You never grew in your eternal nature. It's like you spent your whole life on the shirt. Vanity chasing after the wind. You spent your whole life on your suit instead of the person inside it called your heart, your spirit. That's the wide path to destruction. Spending your life on the outer man instead of the inner man. Many go down that path. The path of destruction. There's outer man Christianity around here that will take you down a path of destruction. They'll be boasting in their misery and not their joy. They'd be boasting in their works and not the river's works. You notice that that false Christianity of Satan and his angels is still about you instead of being slaughtered with the lamb. Mm-hmm. Can a dead person have a problem? I've never seen a dead person have a single problem. I've never seen a dead person complain, whine, murmur. I've never seen a dead person even sin. How could they? They're dead. Have you been crucified with Christ? <laughs> it's only the parts of you that haven't been sacrificed and slaughtered to death with Jesus on the cross as real Christianity prescribes in the New Testament or the places full of demons. It's the places full of darkness where you're still there. And it's not even you there. It's Satan there. I watch people every day with the same frustrations. And how do I die? I'm trying to die. You know what kills you? Crucifies you with Christ? The river. Joy kills you. Peace kills you. Love Crucified with love, joy, and peace. We've been trying to do some beat ourselves up, satanic, Jezebelic ritual, wondering why we're not growing in the glory, but growing in dark arts called selfish sorcery, called religion. Trying to control everyone around us and fix everyone around us. It's not your job to control or fix. It's not. It's the river's job. Jesus didn't even say he was doing anything. Do you know that? Jesus never did anything. He said that in the Bible. It's the Father in me that does everything. Jesus said, I'm not doing anything. You can't even blame me for this teaching. He says, this teaching came from my Father. That's what he said. Do you live like Jesus? Are you a Christ one, a Christian? That your teaching is not your own? That your works are not your own? That your life is not your own? It's quintessential. 
we go back into the red letters, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We go into the parables. We go into all the stuff Jesus said, speaking parables, riddles, dark speech, wisdom of the ages. There's a depth of learning there in the foundation of the parables and the red letters of Jesus that will unlock mysteries in this hour beyond anything you've ever known. What Jesus taught in the red letters is the most advanced wisdom of all time. And it's spoken at nearly a third grade level. Because it's not about sounding real big and smart. It's about the depth of wisdom that the Spirit comes up in in those concepts and those windows and doors of those words. It's about the origin of that word and that realm of understanding that bubbles up from the belly, that springs up and gushes up from within and opens up doors that no one can shut and brings your mind into places where God dwells. In my Father's house are many mansions, if it were not so, I tell you. The words of Jesus Christ, as simple as they are, are the most advanced prophetics of all time. You can read Ezekiel, you can read all the stuff in the Bible, but I tell you what, Jesus Christ created the prophets. Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. Jesus Christ created the Sapphire Sea. Jesus Christ created life. Jesus Christ is the living word, which is the prophetic word. And apart from the living prophetic word, there is no life in our bones. There is no life in our minds. There is no life in our spirits. So you have to remain like a child because the most advanced prophetics in the Bible are at about a sixth or third grade level. He's telling little kids stories. No wonder why those with the doctorates in divinity came to him and weeped and gnashed their teeth. Their whole religious education system of looking smart, looking professional, appearances, long flowing robes, looking how I I look so Christian, my suit and tie. God bless them, but you know, you sound like you got more of a communication skill from a university than a river of life release from the throne of God. Anybody can go to school and train their outer man how to speak, communicate. It's like beating a donkey into submission. It's like bridling a horse. doesn't mean the Spirit of God's in it at all. You need to get familiar with the river of life, and then you'll begin to see what, what is just horse and bridle. What's just natural discipline, natural learning. I turn on the gospel television. I check out every single Christian television channel on TV. It's very rare that I can feel the Spirit of God. It's mostly just professional religious clergy. And I wish there was rivers gushing out of them. I'd be drinking it off of every television channel on TV if it was there. It's just not there. It needs to get there. We need to take over media. We need to drench the media mountain. Media is a principality, media in Persia, M-E-D-I-A. Daniel fought against the principality of media and Persia. And I see it in the spirit with our prophetic friends. We're always revelating together, going deeper and building this thing (laughs) with the blueprint of the water temple, with the blueprint of the city of David and the, the new heavens, the new earth coming together with revelation, building blocks through hearts and minds, getting transfigured by drinking the living waters. And we're seeing media in Persia inside David and inside Daniel's basement because he conquered those realms. And when you participate with what's been 
conquered in the Spirit, in the Bible, by men that are not dead but are still alive, because you're always interacting with the cloud of witnesses, everything you do. Every priest, judge, king, prophet, woman of God, man of God in the Old Testament and New Testament is participating with you who are advancing the kingdom, holding the torch of His presence, moving forward, triumphing by the anointing every single day. It is so epic. It's so epic what you guys are doing. It's profound. You are all history makers. Nameless, faceless, yeah, because you're so filled with the glory of God and zeal for the Father's house has so consumed you that you don't care about anything except establishing the kingdom of heaven. That's the healthiest place you could be, where your whole life is consumed with the Father in your soul, the Spirit in your belly, and the Lord Jesus in your bones and blood. And nothing else matters except advancing the Trinity through your self-sacrifice, and I don't care how ugly it looks. Dry men's bones are ugly. Dry men's bones are ugly. Ministry is ugly. The priesthood was the ugliest thing. You think it's beautiful? Do you know what animal sacrifice looks like? They would have to cut the sacrifice in half. Split it open. If there was anything in its stomach, they get splattered with poop and pee six days a week. You think this is a glorious job? It is a glorious job. Cutting the spirit open. Cutting the soul open. Dividing asunder spirit from soul, bones from marrow, marrow, cutting them in half with the sword of the spirit, which is the priest's sacrificial knife, which is the word of God. Amen. Not in the natural, in the supernatural, offering every human being, man, woman, and child as living sacrifices to God the Father through and in Jesus Christ through and in the eternal high priest and apostle of faith. Until we grow up into the head that is Christ, Paul says, and then we have Christ's ability to transfer people out of darkness into light by using the sword of the Spirit to saw the sacrifice in half. Who wants to be sawed in half? I mean, I do. I love it. I used to hate dying to stuff. I love it now. We're just so deceived. We think we're going to lose something, but only those who lose their life find it, Jesus said, right? (laughs) Only those who lose the things they have, especially the good things, you cannot climb this mountain of Zion and participate with the overcomers unless you have open hands, open hearts, and open minds. Any clenched, closed fist, you'll start to slip down this mountain because you're no longer walking by faith. You're saying no to the next level of sacrifice, the next level of death, which is the next level of going from glory to glory. Almost everyone grows to a place where they say no to God. You have to learn to say yes to God in everything, walking like a little child, being perfectly fathered by God, and He will lead you and guide you into all truth when the Spirit of truth comes upon your hearts. All truth is a lot more than just fire insurance, salvation, hallelujah. We love that stuff too. God bless every evangelist in the world. That'll bring them on the mountain of the Lord of the Holy Spirit. But now we need to climb Mount Zion. We need to go from glory to glory. 2 Corinthians 3.18 By the Spirit of the Lord, by the angel of the Lord, by the angels of the Lord, with angels ascending and descending upon you, giving you revelation, giving you gifts, giving you divine ability. 
There are things on the mountain. There are places you'll come to in your life that you cannot overcome unless you get the next level of glory and the next level of gifting. Grace gifts. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no shadows and no variations and no repentance of turning. Meaning, there are levels of the spiritual ascension of going from glory to glory, the transfiguration of the renewing of your mind, of going up in the Spirit, of being sanctified in heart and mind, that you require much more than you currently have. That's why you have to walk by faith, because you can't even see the gift coming down, because you don't currently have it, until you step out on faith, like Peter walking on water. Couldn't see, he didn't see he had that ability. He just heard the word and walked by faith, and the ability came as he stepped out of the boat. It's like that every degree of glory, forever, forever. Amen. But you can advance in it now, in this acceleration, more than any other time, because there's more revelation. It's the marriage supper of the Lamb, meaning it's the best bread and wine of the ages. The wisdom of the ages is your feast. It's the marriage feast of the bride. The bride is learning how to feast on who she is married to Christ. You married God. You married royalty. And this will transfigure you to look like natural royalty. Some of you that believe this will start to live lifestyles like Queen Elizabeth. Oh, buddy. What? Oh, yeah. Well, that's what everybody wants. But not everyone's willing to sacrifice everything to walk in true divine royalty. So Satan still has all the stuff and Satan still has... All the time, Satan still has, because it belongs to him if you're in darkness and sin, trying to earn it by the sweat of your brow under the curse. But if you were to sacrifice the curse, sacrifice your natural ability continuously by the constant practice of righteousness, however long it takes, sacrificing whatever it takes, to walk in the Spirit, fly in the Spirit, and develop your spiritual ability into full spiritual stature, which is the only thing worth living for anyway, What else are you going to do here? Just die? Everything else is death anyway. So of course you're going to grow in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, go from glory to glory in the Spirit, sacrifice whatever you need to sacrifice to go to the next degree of glory, and then begin walking in that true royalty. Begin to walk in the heavens. Oh, hallelujah. There were so many men and women in the Bible that walked in the heavens. Four times in Scripture, and just in the book of Acts alone, it says they were caught up and raptured in a trance-like state of ecstasy. They fell out and were raptured up into the heavens. Sometimes they're raptured into the second heavens. Sometimes they're raptured into the third heavens. But all of it was God. All of it was in the glory. This is what I'm seeing for everyone that's getting sanctified by drinking the living waters. Outside... Ezekiel 47's water temple is the city of David. I see the city of David. I'm calling it the city of David because it's accurate, because it's the tabernacle of David. It's the city of the presence of the Lord from a continual praise and worship coming out of our hearts to the living God. That, that music, that new song, that Davidic psaltery, that Davidic anointing, praise, worship, the minstrels, the musicians, will be all around the temple as it was in Jerusalem. The new Jerusalem has the city of David, and there's a water temple in the center of the city of David. So you have the city of David, and you have Ezekiel's water temple, and you got all the praise and worship around the water temple, and the water flows out of the city. 
The water flows out of the temple through the city of David. It, it fills all the worshipers. Yeah, the worshipers are in the temple. They're out of the temple. It's a big city. There's a lot going on here. And just get a vision for it. The angels will help you op- unlock your minds, open your eyes, and you can see it all and just experience it all in the glory of God. Outside of time, outside the curse, outside religion, outside of rebellion, the waters will sanctify you to see and hear as God sees and hears, that His thoughts become your thoughts, that His ways become your ways, that there be no confusion, and everyone is fathered by the same river of life called the Holy Spirit of God, and not a hundred million other false Holy Spirit counterfeit little Jezebel spirits running around here telling you they're the Holy Spirit with lying signs and wonders and every deceptive thing with a hundred thousand different false leaders saying that they're the chief apostles of the end times and not given blueprints and don't have any of the fruit and it's just all control spirits and stuff like that. All of that will be burnt off everything in the world. You're going to have such clarity by the living waters coming in the upper pool and the lower pool and the springs of the waters of life of the great shepherd. For the, from those that are fully sacrificed and sanctified, from the true priests of the temple, the third temple is the water temple. It's an invisible temple. Biggest stumbling block to religion of all time. These people go nuts over the Jewish stuff in Israel and all that, and God loves Jews, and I love Jews, and it's all wonderful. Every nation, tribe, and tongue will come into the water temple. But this water temple is an invisible temple. God does not build with buildings made with stones, but with living stones. Acts, Acts 4, Acts 7.48, it is written, God does not build with brick and mortar anymore. I'm sorry, you're wasting millions of dollars in your Jezebelic false Christianity, your Masonic Christianity and buildings made by human hands. It's, it's like 1% of the blueprint. People that grew up in churchianity have only tasted about 1% of real New Testament, New Covenant Christianity. The real Christian experience is in the water temple. I looked and there was no church there for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. There's a temple of the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb according to the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ. And outflowing from the Father and the Lamb were rivers of living waters and seven blazing torches before His throne. That reality is on earth through fully sanctified believers that live in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We manifest the third heaven through our sanctified souls and through our flesh and blood poured out as a sacrificial offering for others. Paul says, I poured out my blood as a libation offering on the sacrifice of God for others. That you pour out the energy and the life of your own being, your blood energy. The life is in the blood. You pour out the river of life through your bones and blood when you lay your life down and serve others more highly than yourself. That's how you get the river flowing through you. That's how the priests of the Melchizedek order manifest the water temple, manifest the city of David by self-sacrifice. And it's the funnest thing anyway. There's nothing painful about it. That's how you grow in ecstasy. That's how you grow in the presence of God. You pour yourself out for others and you get more because you're beginning to serve them the wine of the new covenant. Where's the wine? What happens when you drink the cup of the new covenant? Oh, it's in you. Now you pour it out on others. If you're not outpouring on others, you'll never get more. If you use it, squander it, bury it like the talent, the one talent, he buried it. He didn't give it to others. Then he, he died. Jesus threw him into hell. I gave you one talent. Oh, you foolish, wicked servant. You should have invested it. Give it to the one that's got ten. Amen. You have to learn how to pour out your blood on others. You have to learn how to slit your throat and pour yourself out on the altar of their skulls. 
And it's not necromancy because it's being a sacrificial lamb, like sheep to the slaughter. I die daily. I pick up my cross and follow him. Why? What are you dying for? You're dying for the nations to be filled with the blood of Jesus out of the intimate relationship you have with the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost in your heart, and it fills them with the glory of God through men and women fully sacrificed with Jesus, crucified with Christ, no longer living for self, now living for others. I mean, that's really basic level understanding of entering and living in, in sustainable glory. You will never live in a sustainable glory cloud until you live completely for others with no consciousness of self. And it's not hard. I mean, it's like, how dare you threaten me removing death from my soul, death from my mind. Self-awareness, self-protection, self-preservation, and self-promotion is the curse of the fall. There is no self. That's just Satan in your forehead. That's just the serpent in the garden that Adam and Eve let into their forehead and they became aware that they were naked. As a spiritual snake called the devil, an angel of light that deceives, that came right into their minds and for the first time they were naked. They were no longer clothed in glory. All of the garments of the heavens and the earth were taken from them by the fallen angels when they got selfish, self-aware, self-promotive, religious. They got religious, you guys. It boils down to religion is the sin of pride and selfishness. It has the appearance of doing good, but it's all about the, the soul of self. It's all about the serving of Satan and his angels. Religion does not serve Christ. Religion serves Satan and the angels. It has the appearance of serving Christ, but it's selfish. It's the most anti-Christ activity in the world. True Christianity is total selflessness, crystal clear and sparkling river of life with no self-awareness, no self-protection. You're an open lily of the valley, and you're releasing so much light from the lily of the valley that nothing negative no demons, no fiery darts can penetrate. What makes us weak is if we're not fully in love with others from the love that's been poured into self. God pours in His love. God loved us first while we were yet in sin. God loved us. And if we stay open and release that love into everyone unconditionally that's undeserving of it, we will stay protected in the armor of light, which is the armor of divine love. There's nothing stronger. The Bible actually says love is stronger than death. You know why no one's overcome death? No one has fully loved perfectly. Most of us have a hard time loving ourselves because we beat ourselves up on a religious condemnation spirit all the time. Let alone the fullness of God the Father's love for God so loved the world that He gave His Son to die. Amen? So, the love of God is the sacrifice of your sonship, the sacrifice of being a daughter and being a son being something. Oh, I know the Bible says I'm a son. I will sacrifice it every day. I will sacrifice the things God says about me so that they get magnified in the glory. Holding on to a prophetic word and not sowing it into the death of Jesus unless a seed dies, it can bear no fruit. That's the key to growing in everything of God. It begins with learning how to sow and reap by dying and resurrecting it. Everything that comes into you of the prophetic word kills an area of your life and resurrects it in power. And it's a killing of the sword of the Spirit. It's a killing 
and it's a resurrecting. And it's not painful, it's beautiful. It's the works of the priest, of the sacrificial dagger, of the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, that divides spirit from soul, bone and marrow, and transfigures you into the exact likeness of the invisible God, the outrain brilliance of the light being shining through your hearts. Amen. And it's all about bringing the sacrifice. It's all about sacrificing your brain. The mind is the main enemy of the Holy Spirit for 2,000 years. The mind is the main enemy. Nobody can walk in the glory of God whose mind is uncircumcised, uncrucified. Most people's minds are just a snake pit. It's like a skull with serpents crawling in it. And the more a person's been exposed to the glory of God and has not brought sacrifice, the more demon-possessed their mind becomes in the fallen angels. You've seen that hundreds of times. They'd be around the glory of God. Listen, Satan and his angels are all about the glory of God. That's the, the rulership of the universe. But they've never brought sacrifice. Nope, Cain right there in the glory of God. It's just still about me. I'm here for me. What can I steal from you? Judas is scary activity every day. Stealing, stealing, stealing. Never sacrificing. That's the fullness of Satan and his angels present in Christian souls. That's why they stay infants in Christ and never grow into the higher realms of glory that God wants to take us into. God wants to so sanctify you right now that you do the dead man's float in the river. Most people are so bound up they can't even sacrifice finances. That's an elementary level of sacrifice. That's elementary level. Most people can't even do elementary sacrifice. You'll never walk in any glory until you bring your money into the river. Oh, he's going to... No, he's going to magnify your finances. God is good, it is written. Nahum 1.7 God the Father is good. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. You need to trust God. You need to sacrifice and trust God. It's, this thing is so sacrificial, it's so faith-based, and it's all good. The issue is we're afraid. We're like scared down here. I don't think God is who He says He is. I don't believe I am who God says I am in Christ. We don't believe the promises. We're perishing in the wilderness for lack of faith. So we need our faith authored and perfected. And faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of the river. Faith is the living waters that you drink and get drunk on. Faith is substance. That substance is what carries you into a greater substance, going from substance abuse to substance abuse until you're a full-blown junkie in the water temple. Head to toes, high all the time. I don't have any other experience. God the Father, Lord Jesus Christ, head to toes. Feels like 10,000 watts of electricity surging through me continuously with constant supernatural experiences because I sacrificed everything. That's normal Christianity. Everyone can do that. What keeps people out from having continuous divine experiences is because they're holding on to the natural realm. They're holding on to the curse. You can't mi mix the curse with the blessing. You can't mix faith with law. You can't mix the old covenant with the new covenant. You need to be all new covenant. You need to be all about Jesus and the river of life. If you get into works, you're going to leave the river because the river is the works. The Father in me does the works. There are so many things that we disqualify ourselves because we get out of the river and we get into our own effort. You see all of them discouraged. They all turn bitter. They all get angry and grumpy. Man, you were once so happy. How would you get so grumpy? I left the river. It became about me instead of thee. 
<laughs> if we stay in the river, we stay crucified with Christ. It's the river of life that keeps us constantly clean and washed, no matter who's on the banks throwing crap and piss at us every day, saying, heretic, cult leader, every name in the book, how dare you be in the river? Come join us in the curse. We're demon-possessed out here in Egypt serving Satan. You should be miserable with us. Misery loves coming. I don't think so, religious people. I won't join you in religion. I won't join you in rebellion. I'm going to stay in the river. I don't care if it's popular or not. I don't care if it's mainstream or not. We're going to do the dead man's float. We're going to let the river carry us into places we know nothing about. Amen? Because we read the Bible, we know it's true. It's written in the Bible. The river of life. Revelation 22. Come and drink it, all who are thirsty without cost that you may be transfigured in your brain from the idolatry of this world. Amen. To come out of the consciousness of self, of living submitted to this rock that fell from heaven, and start living to the rock of ages that's at the right hand of God in all glory, that He can be the lifter of your souls up through Ezekiel 47's water temple that has no roof on it, into the heavens. They must rule from the angelic heavenly sphere. These living waters will sanctify everyone that drinks it and doesn't stop drinking. you got to drink and continue drinking. And then drink some more. Every day. Drinking all day. What's the river of life? Out of your belly will flow rivers. First got to believe the word. It's for believers only. John 7, 38. Only those who believe have rivers. And then your soul begins to drink the river and you're transfigured by the renewing your mind by drinking the river. And as you're transfigured, you're inside the temple. You're with the community of the kingdom of heaven on earth. You're in the third temple. Even if your minds aren't aware of it, if you're a drinker, you're in the temple. You're in the city of David. You're a worshiper. You're a praiser. You're thankful. You have awesome fruitfulness. Everyone that drinks has awesome fruit. They're in the Word. They're in the Spirit in the Lord's day. They're getting sanctified. They're getting glorified. They're already justified. And now, when they're built up with the living water to a certain level... This water temple will shoot you up into the heavens like a NASA rocket. That's what I see happening. God the Father is saying, you bring in all these people, all the nations, everyone who's thirsty, come and drink freely without cost, and get sanctified, get transfigured, transformed, renewed, sacrifice everything it takes, all your idolatry, all your lust, all your pride, all your religion, all your rebellion, all your idolatry, all your immorality, all of it. To the waters of life, get washed, get sanctified, get cleansed, and get fully built up in divine love, and get shot into the heavens. Everyone who's made perfect in love reigns through the top of the temple in the heavenly realm. They will rule and reign from the angelic heavenly sphere. It says it in Ephesians and in Revelation. Very important. The book of Psalms is all about David ruling out of the eternal realm, out of the mountains, out of the hills, looking outside of time and space at the sphere of time and space and ruling it with the dominion of the eighth day, with the dominion of eternity outside the seven days. Amen. We're becoming the masters of time by drinking in the water temple. The masters of the twelve stars and the masters of the seven stars. Twelve stars are the second heavens. Hey, that reconnects to your soul. That's how you get your intelligence back. Satan stole your intelligence. He did. You were created out of this universe. God breathed into you. That's your spirit, third heaven, obviously primary. And then he also made you out of the heavens and the earth. He made you out of the stars and he made you out of the sands. And he breathed into you and you were a three-part being. 
You are a second heavens being in your soul. You are an earthly being in your body and bones and blood. And you are a heavenly, third heaven eternal spirit in your immortal breath of life. You are created in the exact likeness of God, a trinity. And the gospel restores the trinity back to your spirit, soul, and flesh. The Holy Spirit is your new spirit. And the measure you sacrifice self in your spirit is the measure the Holy Spirit can fill your spirit and have the Holy Spirit's ability in the spirit. Your new soul is God the Father. Your heart, your brain, and your spinal cord. That's your soul. Your emotions are your heart, your brain is your mind, and your spine is your will. That's God the Father. God the Father is your mind, will, and emotions, and Jesus is your new bones and blood. That's the transfigured fullness of the Trinity. And all it takes is you sacrificing everything every day that's just holding you back from a greater glory. And the four rivers of life will flow through your spirit, and the twelve stars of the heavens will burn through your souls, and the seven stars of the earth, the sun and the moon and the five visible planets from this earth will burn through your bones. That's who's stolen your life. That's who's stolen the power of your bones and marrow. Is Satan and his angels operating in the time of the seven days of the seven planets or the seven stars. It's true. Or the seven celestial realms of the seven stars. That's what has encompassed you and encased you in the natural realm in the curse of the fall. Satan and his angels in the natural universe stealing from your souls so that we're like chimpanzees running on 5 to 8% brain activity when Adam and Eve were 100% glowing through their brains with the full power of the second heavens of all star systems through their souls. All of that will be restored. All the stars of the heavens will be restored to the overcomers fully sanctified by the four rivers in their heart built up to restore their souls. Since your souls were created out of this universe, your souls were made out of the heavens, your bodies were made out of the earth. This universe has always belonged to us. We lost it in the fall. Now through Jesus Christ and His ability working in us mightily, we have the Father, we have the Son, and we have the Holy Spirit to fully transfigure us to get our whole universe back of stars and sands in transfiguration grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Give a donation at redlettermen.com. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Amen.